Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out therestingplacetampa.com. My name is Caleb. I'm the senior leader of The Resting Place. I know it's a little confusing. I feel kind of a, um, a little bit of a, a challenge sometimes in our structure because we, the, our church isn't a typical Western church in our structure. Uh, we are an apostolic family. Can you say that with me? Apostolic family. That just means we're a family with a specific mission, okay? We're a family on mission, and I lead that crazy, wild family, but we have amazing pastors, so I'm not the senior pastor. I'm the senior leader. I know it sounds like something out of Star Trek, you know, but it's just, that's the title the Lord gave me and had peace on, you know what I mean? So just so everyone's clear, I feel like I need to say this for a few weeks because a lot of us are uh, new, and there's some people have literally confused, talk to me about it. Pastor Jimmy and Gigi are pastors of this campus. They pastor this campus, but this is more than a campus. It's also a hub, okay? So it's a hub for other uh, ministries, things like that. And we have other campuses, South Tampa with Pastor Abraham. If you've never been there and you want to just co- totally get lost in the glory of God, you should go there. It's just, yeah, it's crazy cool and Awesome, totally different environment. He preaches every week down there. And then up in Wesley Chapel, Pastor Eric. So are you seeing the picture here? There are multiple campuses of our church, but yes, I, I feel the need to say this. It's not an ego thing. Yes, I am still leading the resting place. We've had literally people come up to me like, are you, did you give your church to Jimmy and Gigi? Did you, are you, did you retire three years in? You're done? I'm like, no. So I just want to create clarity. Is that okay? Yeah? Okay. You're like, We get it, Caleb. I know. It's for all the confused people on Facebook. It's for all of them. It's not for any of you. Okay? Just kidding. Anyway, I love what God is doing here, building a family that is on a mission to see the lost found, the found free and peace reign in our city. Amen. So let's pray really quickly uh, for that to continue through the giving and also just for the message today. And I just want to say, you know, we bless our live stream audience, all of you on Facebook. Some of you have to be doing it that way. Some of you just choosing to. You're still part of us. You're with us. We're virtually together, spiritually one. Amen. Come on, church. It's not, it is no less faithful to watch online if that is the season of your life and what God is telling you to do. We bless you. Amen. I love you. You're awesome. Okay. Come on, people get shamed onto that. Like, that's not faith. Shut up. <laughs> that's me. You just met me just now. That's me. All right. <laughs> Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing through the resting place. Thank you, God, for raising up amazing pastors in this house, amazing leaders, all of the fivefold apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. God, we thank you for continued wisdom to launch people into their destiny through this mission. And God, today I pray that everything that is given, we steward to multiply for more effectiveness for your kingdom, that there would be a partnership in your kingdom from everyone who calls the resting place home, that we would all play our part and we would all be advancing the kingdom of God on the earth through that. Not only that, Lord, I pray that this word today would go forth into it deep into our hearts, deep into the recesses and maybe the hidden places of our heart. And just reveal Christ to us today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal the living Christ, Jesus Christ the righteous, to us today in new ways that transforms us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I had an amazing uh, message and series to launch today. 
until the Holy Spirit disrupted my plans. <laughs> Today is a day of divine disruptions. Uh, I literally just woke up different this morning, and the Lord's like, no, you're not going to do that. Well thought out, intensely prayed into, labored over message this morning. No, you are not. Okay. So I was struggling with it, but then Tracy and I got together, our executive team leader, Tracy, and leads our prophetic company. Um, if you want to know what God is doing, ask the women. So I went to her, <laughs> and I said, would you pray with me? Because I don't know what to do right now, because I feel like I need to throw this out. I'm not throwing it out, but I am pressing pause. We'll start it next week or the week after. I'm not sure. So if you're here for the worship series, sorry, not sorry. Not happening today. The Lord puts put something else in my heart. And I thought for the last few days, it was just a burden or a, a heart cry that I had. But the Lord showed me today, no, 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 it is actually his bride, his people. And I just want to talk about the burden of the Lord today and how we need to be careful not to carry his burden, to let God be God and to play our part in this whole scheme of things because our, we're super connected you know we're all super connected we are so connected with the world at large right now like you could get on your phone right now and watch a live stream from hundreds of miles away a live stream you could watch in real time maybe a 15 second buffer you know people are watching this from other countries right now like we are so well connected we Something can happen in, you know, Uzbekistan, and you and I are hearing about it in the next 10 minutes. Think about that. It's extremely connected, right? And I know people say we're super connected but disconnected at the same time. I understand that. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying we have been made aware of so much in the earth, like into your palm. It can be projected into your palm. Tragedies going on in the earth right now. No other time in history has that been a thing. It presents a new challenge to us. Our connection as people who care actually creates a challenge. If you didn't care about people, it wouldn't be a challenge. But there's a specific challenge that comes to those who care. The challenge is we can pick up the burden of the Lord that only he is meant to carry. Here's the, the word today. Be careful that you're not inadvertently carrying in your caring the burden of the Lord. In your caring, don't be found carrying a burden that you were never built to carry. The Lord woke me up with this today, so this is for you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, this is for you. This is for you. Now take your phone out and get a, get a selfie and look at your face and say, this is for you. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. He woke me up with this. This verse just ringing in my ears. Psalm 34, 18. In the English Standard Version, it says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. I mean, I've been watching. There's just been a lot of pain, a lot of turmoil, a lot of heartache. I've felt it. I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not saying all y'all are sad and I'm over here, whatever. I'm saying I have felt it. Like, this week has been really difficult for us as a nation, as a people, not only Afghanistan and the hurricane coming to Louisiana and all of that stuff. But I don't know if you notice, but every time I get on social media, it seems like somebody else has lost a loved one or somebody is ill or it's just like this constant thing. 
And whereas in other times in history, you might have heard about it after the fact, after the dust settled and after everything had worked out. Okay. You hear about it in real time, you know, and it's a good thing that we're connected. It's good that we can, you know, pray into these things in real time and things like that. But we need to be careful that in our caring, we don't carry the burden of the Lord. Because in some ways we're stepping where I'm not. You're going to have to hear me careful. This is one of those sermons that gets clipped up and made into like heresy hunter on on YouTube. They're going to use it. I don't care. Whatever. It borders on omnipresence and omniscience for us in some ways. We're like made aware of all these things all the time. I don't think we're actually built to carry all the things all the time. I don't think anyone except the Lord is able to carry the burden of the world. And yet you and I are so connected with the world, not just our world, but the world. Seeing those videos, seeing those pictures of babies being handed over the fence in Afghanistan, that messed me up. And it's good that that hits your heart. But in your caring, don't be found carrying a burden that isn't yours to carry. Only the Lord is able to carry that burden. Are we to pray? Of course. Are we to intercede? Are we to labor in prayer? Of course. Absolutely. But listen, Yeshua, Jesus said it this way. My yoke is easy and my burden is if it's not easy and light, you're carrying more than your part. If it's not easy and light, listen, you're not trusting the Lord to do his part. And it's from a good heart. I'm not, I'm with you. Like, I've been messed up over this, man. Like, the families of those soldiers, those 13, I, I'm, I felt that, you know? I felt that in my, this is personal for me. Like, my brother served in Afghanistan. You know? My dad was in the Air Force. He's in the front row. Like, this is personal for my family, you know? And it's good to care. It's good for compassion to be birthed. It's good for fervent prayer to be sparked. Amen? But it's not good for us to do anything that takes us out of that easy and light partnership with the Lord. You know what a yoke is? It actually goes between two animals. And the thing about making an easy yoke difficult is you're going too fast or too slow. You're pushing hard when he's pushing, you know. Jesus is going 50 miles per hour. You're doing 52 and it starts to rub your shoulders or he's going 55 and you're going 40 and it's starting to pull on your neck a little bit. I mean, anybody had pain in their shoulders and neck this week? I mean, hello. Yeah, she's like her me. Absolutely. This is for you. I'm telling you, this is what happens. These things start in the spirit and manifest in the natural. This is how it works. This is how stress works. We need to be better caretakers of our soul in this because the devil wants you overly burdened. The enemy of your soul wants you to feel like this is not going to be easy. Listen, you can go through hard things with an easy and light burden. If you're doing it in partnership with the Lord, step by step in partnership with the Lord, partnership, say partnership. That means you play a part. You don't carry the whole, but our connectivity kind of lends itself to knowing the whole, at least being aware of the whole. But we don't know. 
we're aware of a lot, but we don't know very much. You know, you think you know the situation on the ground in Afghanistan? You think you know? You think you would have made a different call in the White House? Come on. Stop it. Stop. That's hot air. It's not helpful. It's not the burden of the, uh, that you're supposed to carry in partnership with the Lord. We need to be careful because I know many of us care. I care. I care about our leadership in our nation. I care about what it's doing on the world stage. I care about those Christians in Afghanistan that are being martyred. I care, but I will not carry the Lord's burden for him. I'm not built for it, and neither are you. We need to be careful with what we carry. In our caring, we must be careful not to carry the burden of the Lord. You need to hear that. In our caring, because we all care. If you have a heart, you care. You've seen those images of people in desperation hanging onto the side of an airplane as it takes off. Like, what desperation? I've never seen such desperation. It's good to care. But in our caring, we must be careful not to carry the burden of the Lord. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. This is how you can have joy in many trials. This is how you can rejoice always. That's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. First Thessalonians 5, I believe it is. Jimmy read it in the first, whatever. That's why I looked at him. <laughs> he would know. Anyway, we need to be those people who have something to offer in the moment of difficulty. Are you following me? But if we're overburdened, if we are overwhelmed, if we are those who are constantly done in by these things, I can tell you we're not actually playing our part. We're not fully trusting the Lord to carry his part, which is the whole thing. I told this story a couple of weeks ago, but it feels relevant right now. It's like me bringing in the trash with my son Judah, all right, the trash can. So you remember this, all right? I had to bring in the trash can. He said, I want to help. I was like, okay. He came out and helped me, and I grabbed the trash can, and he's just standing there. I'm like, all right, come on, help me push it. And I'm, you know, pushing it, and he puts two fingers on it. I don't know why two. Puts two fingers, four years old. And he's pushing the trash can while I'm pushing the trash can. And the whole way I'm like, great job, Judah. You're so helpful. Thank you. That's your relationship with the Lord. Right there. You are Judah. You're the little one. Two fingers. Ooh. Ooh, that was hard. He even, he even goes, oh, no, what he said was when we got in the garage, he goes, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm like, yeah, I know, right? And you have a part to play. But the burden is not actually yours. I just want today, I'm just going to read Psalm 34. I literally don't have, I have notes because I took some notes from the first gathering, but it really just says read Psalm 34. That's what it says here. I just feel like we're going to be encouraged by the scriptures today and find strength there. I, I believe many of you have already been helped right there in that one moment. Like, okay, anyone recognize that maybe they've been carrying the burden of the Lord? Instead of the part, yeah, okay, amen. Yeah, me too. Psalm 34 is actually David. He wrote this after he escaped from a king, and there's this big backstory. Anyway, he escaped by acting mad. He escaped by acting crazy, and the Lord delivered him, 
And he says this. He says, Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you and all your works. So let all who are discouraged take heart. Do you see what's happening here? He's boasting of the Lord's ability to save and to, and to deliver so that those who are discouraged can take heart. Did you catch that? I'm boasting of you and your works, all your works, so let all who are discouraged take heart. Say, the Lord is able. The Lord is able able in Afghanistan, Louisiana, the White House, your house, my house. The Lord is able. I'm getting a word of knowledge right now. This is, don't raise your hand, whatever. Someone in here, like this is, this is me taking a risk. We believe faith is spelled R-A-S-K, okay? I would be right or wrong about this, and you won't know, neither will I, because I'm going to chicken out right now. But <laughs> somebody's having stomach issues, and it's not medical. Doctors can't figure it out. It's stress. You, you're, you're not caring for your soul, and it's related to this. You're carrying the burden of the Lord, and you're having stomach issues, like bowel issues. Anyway, the Lord wants you to be free of that. That's someone in this room. That's, they're not on live stream. I'm not copping out. They're in this room. Amen. I'm boasting of you and all your works, so let all who are discouraged take heart. Join me, David says. Everyone, let's praise the Lord together. Let's make him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all. Listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Gaze upon him. Join your life with his, and joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory. You'll never wear that shame face again. When I had nothing, he says, desperate and defeated, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me, bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it most. The angel of the Lord stooped down to listen as I prayed, encircling me, empowering me, and showing me the way to escape. He will do this for everyone who fears God. Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who turn to hide themselves in him. Worship in awe and wonder all you who have been made holy. For all who fear him will feast with plenty. Even the strong and the wealthy grow weak and hungry. But those who passionately pursue the Lord will never lack any good thing. Come, children of God, and listen to me. I'll share the lesson I've learned of fearing the Lord. Do you want to live a long, good life, enjoying the beauty that fills each day? Then never speak a lie or allow wicked words to come from your mouth. Keep turning your back on every sin and make peace your life motto. Some of you, the only way that's going to happen is if you turn off the stinking news. You can't handle it. I watch you on Facebook. Some of y'all cannot handle it. I'm not being mean. I'm trying to help you. If you can't stay in peace while watching that, you need to turn that thing off. If you can't keep your peace internally while watching that, you might need to break it into pieces and throw something at your TV. I don't know. Like you got to do something drastic. Because the people of God are not supposed to be overly burdened as we are. We're not supposed to be those who are in the pit of despair. We're supposed to be pulling them out. 
Make peace your life motto. I love this part. Practice being at peace with everyone. Ooh, uh-oh. You know, being at peace with everyone takes practice. Like you got to work at it a lot. That's right. I'm in the middle of practicing it. I am. I want peace to be my life motto. says, the Lord sees all we do. He watches over his friends day and night. His godly ones receive the answers they seek whenever they cry out to him. Come on. What if we believe the scriptures? This is powerful. But the Lord has made up his mind to oppose evildoers and to wipe out even the memory of them from the face of the earth. You're like, uh-oh, that's not very nice. I don't like that part of the Bible. I'm not going to read that or quote that or I'm going to cut it out of my my brain. You can't white out the part of the Bibles that disagree with you. All of my theology is challenged when I read the Bible. All of it. You understand? You know that God is not pleased with people strapping on a vest and walking into a crowd and causing damage and death. God is not pleased. He opposes that. He's opposed to that. Are you with me? He thinks that person is to die for. He did die for them, and he's opposed to that. You read the Old Testament. If you read it properly and the whole way through with your, you know, blinders off and just read it, you'll see that the story of the Old Testament is that God is patient. That's the overarching theme of the Old Testament. He is. He's like, Please don't do that. Stop doing that. Stop, please. Stop, please. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Here's a prophet. Oh, you killed him. Please stop. Please stop. Here's a deliverer. Oh, you you didn't listen to him. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. You're not going to stop, are you? I'm asking you to stop. I'm begging you to stop. That's not good. You're hurting people. Please stop. I got to stop you now. You're hurting my kids. I've pleaded with you for hundreds of years sometimes. Okay? People are like, oh, he's a God of wrath in the Old Testament. I'm like, which book are you reading? He's the God of patience. You should have wiped them out like a few thousand years earlier. Come on. He's the God of justice. You know, when you hurt someone, you're hurting one of his kids. You know, the devil has fathered no one. Okay. Some of you don't know this. He's the father of all. You understand that anyone lost? is a lost son and daughter. You understand any evildoer who he's opposing is a lost son or daughter? God is the origin of humankind. Do you agree? Okay. And when Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil, he said specifically, you are of. He didn't say you are from. He says, you acting like you're, you're calling the devil your daddy. You're of him. There's a difference between being of the devil and from the devil. You're from God, but sometimes you can be of the devil. I believe this is a very balanced theological take on the Bible. Hello? Come on. He opposes. He's made up his mind to oppose evildoers. That's the burden of the Lord. Some of you have made up your mind to oppose all the evildoers. 
I'm talking about all. Yes, there's certain calls. Yes, certain anointings. Yes, there's certain spheres of influence. I'm saying just because you're aware doesn't mean you're called. It's killing some of us. It is. Mm-hmm. It says he will even, he's made up his mind to wipe out even the memory of them from the face of the earth. Yet, when holy lovers of God cry out to him with all their hearts, the Lord will hear them and come to rescue them from all their troubles. Do you know one way God does that? He does it by saving the evildoer. God's famous for this. He is. When they're saying, Lord, deliver me. He's like, okay, I'm going to deliver the one harming you. That's a new covenant perspective and prayer right there. Those evildoers pray they meet Jesus. <laughs> I can think of a murderer on his way to murder more who met Jesus and wrote three-fourths of the New Testament Bible. I do not believe this is licensed to pray for the destruction of human beings. I believe it's licensed to give the Lord the burden of delivering all. He is sovereign. He can do it any way he wants. Are you with me? Is this helping? Okay. The Lord, verse 18 there, different translation. It says, the Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. That's good news. The Lord has been close to many of you this week, these last couple of weeks. The Lord is close to all those whose hearts are crushed by pain. And he is always ready. Say always ready. always ready. Always ready to restore the repentant one. Repentance means to change the way you think in such a dramatic fashion that your life changes. You turn and walk another way. You think a different thought. You think this is not good for me. Okay, I'm going to stop that. And then the fruit is you go a different way. That's true repentance. Your life changes, not just your words, but your life. He is always ready to restore the repentant one. That's good news. Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. You know, this is the sovereignty of God on display. Like, people might say, well, why is God allowing it to happen? God is in control. Let me help you. The statement, God is in control, is not in your Bible for a reason. It's not there. It's not there. Check me, bro. Find it. I'll repent publicly. Find it, please. This is not a manipulation tactic. Please, go find it. Because I'm, I'm fallible. I could have missed it. It's not in there. What's in there is God is sovereign. And that means he can control whatever he wants. But the children of the earth, he's given to mankind. In his sovereignty, he has delegated control. That means you control yourself and no one else. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That's the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is not controlling anyone except Holy Spirit. Hello? Yeah? He's sovereign. You're like, well, why is it happening? If it's happening, it's God's will. No, are you kidding me? He desires that none would perish. That's the word of God. And yet people are perishing. If it were his will, they would not be perishing. Simple math. Are you with me? Like pretty black and white. So what is happening here? 
God is sovereign. He allows things. He does. Why? Because he has all the facts. He knows it all. And you and I don't. Here's one little fruit. I read a report just yesterday that a underground church in Afghanistan of 250 people has grown to 2,500 people in seven days. From 250 people to 2,500. The Afghan people are saying, we need a deliverer. And there's a small group going, we know him. We know him. Come here, I'll, I'll introduce you to him. He rescued us. This is what David said, and this is what's happening there. It says, God will be your bodyguard to protect you when trouble is near. I love it that God's my bodyguard. Okay. I'm a small dude. I've been in some dangerous places. I've had a gun in my face on the mission field. I have. God is my bodyguard. He's really big. Doesn't that settle you? Like, okay, when trouble is near, God will be my bodyguard. Not one bone will be broken. But the wicked commit slow suicide, for they hate and persecute the lovers of God. Now, I want to draw a clear distinction here. Okay, when you are being a jerk in the name of Jesus and people don't like it, that's not persecution. <laughs> Let me try it again. When you're acting a fool in the name of the faithful one and people don't like you, that's not persecution. When you're exhibiting love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and someone attacks you for that, that's persecution. I would wager to say 99% of the Western church has experienced zero persecution. Zero. You're like, well, what about the, you're filling in the blanks. Okay, how were you acting? Yeah. Were you laying down your life for your enemy? Were you feeding them? Were you clothing them? Were you blessing them or were you cursing them? It's just a good word, Caleb. It's a really good word. Thank you for that. I needed that. I mean, really. What we call persecution is honestly egregious. Egregious. People are losing their lives today in Afghanistan for refusing to deny Christ. And you say Facebook is persecuting you? For blocking your post? Get over it. When real persecution hits, you'll know. It's one of the promises of God. Don't you love the promises of God? I want all the promises of God. What about this one? Jesus said, in this world, you will have persecution. <laughs> uh, I don't subscribe to that. That's not my tribe. We don't really, you know, have faith for that. We don't have that conviction. Oh, Lord, someone told me recently in a um, passionate discussion about the Lord. They told me recently that they have no conviction about the certain scriptures I was bringing up, so they don't think it applies to them. It's like, I, I think I literally looked to my left like, 
Because, you know, we're seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. You know? So I was like, what do I do with that? <laughs> Not much leverage here. All I said was, oh, so if you don't have conviction about it, it's not the truth. Uh, that's weird. It's true. Truth is a person. Whether you're convicted or not, it's still true. There are people who hate and persecute the lovers of God. There are people that are killing Christians right now. There are people who are suffering a martyr's death right now. Let's stop playing games. Stop playing games and calling your Facebook jail persecution. Stop it. Really. I'm being funny just so that it goes down easy. All right? It's like the Holy Ghost medicine. It's like the laughing gas. Because there's surgery going on in the room, you know. He finishes this, this chapter saying, make no mistake about it. God will hold them guilty and punish them. They will pay the penalty. God will hold them guilty and punish them. You know, you're actually not supposed to count anybody's trespasses against them. You know, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5. So if you are holding someone guilty and crying out for punishment against them, you are carrying a burden that isn't yours. They're guilty. They shouldn't have done that. Not your burden. You're probably right. Still not your burden. God will hold them guilty and punish them. They will pay the penalty. Say the Lord is able. But the Lord has paid for the freedom of his servants. And he will freely pardon those who love him. He will declare them free and innocent when they turn to hide themselves in him. Well, as soon as you turn to hide yourself in Christ, he says you're free and innocent. Free and innocent, free and innocent, free and innocent. That person going to kill Christians in Afghanistan that meets a Christian, a real one on the road and says, hey, the Lord is thinks you're to die for. He paid for your sins. If you would just believe on him, you can receive righteousness, peace and joy. As soon as they turn to hide in them, I don't care how many things that person has done. Free and innocent. That's the scandal of the gospel. It says, just one more time, this is the verse, Psalm 34, 18, ESV, one more time. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in, in spirit. This word near is actually the, the Hebrew word that means to be allied with. It literally means kin. Like, you ever heard kinfolk? I don't know, like, I know that word for some reason, kinfolk, you know? You're my kin, you're my family. That's what Jesus does when someone is brokenhearted, he moves in and says, you're my family. It doesn't say to the believing brokenhearted. It says to the brokenhearted. It doesn't say to the Christian brokenhearted. It says to the brokenhearted. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He is an ally. It also is the word for neighbor. He's the neighbor. He moves in next door and says, I ain't leaving this neighborhood. You're brokenhearted. I'm with you. I'm going to be family to you. That's what the Lord has been doing or wanting to do in many of your lives this week as you've been crushed, as you've been broken to pieces in your heart. He's moved in. He hasn't said, where's your faith? He hasn't said, get over it. He hasn't said, why aren't you praying? If you prayed, you wouldn't have. No. He says, I'm coming. I'm calling you my family. And then it says he saves the crushed 
and spirit. That word saves is a great word. I love it. It's actually the Hebrew word where we get avenger from. Yeah, the Lord is an avenger. I marvel before the Lord often. <laughs> so bad, but I like it. <laughs> Marvel movies, Avengers, okay. Some of you looked a little confused. <laughs> He's an Avenger. It's the word for deliverer. It's the word for help, the word for rescuer. The Lord is the only one who's able to avenge, help, and rescue the planet. So if he is making them his family, if he is moving into their neighborhood, if he is avenging them, delivering them, if he is the one bringing justice to the earth, our yoke can be easy. Our burden can be light. But in our caring, we can often be carrying the burden of the Lord. And it's really a simple lack of trust. It's either ignorance or lack of trust. Either you didn't know that God can do it. God is sovereign. God is in, uh, totally all-powerful, and he's in every moment, and he's, he knows everything. It's not like you're like in your prayer life giving God a news update, you know? It's like, oh, that's happening? Whoa, better get on it. No, he's way ahead of you, behind you, underneath you, inside you, above you, all of it. The Lord is able. In our caring, we must not be found carrying a burden we're not built to carry. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.